Good evening and welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by the Freedom's Path Recovery Society. We are not affiliated with any 12-step fellowship, nor do we wish to propose only one solution. We understand how different solutions can greatly increase an individual's chance of survival. We hope to illuminate some of the recovery process by sharing as many human stories as we can. Why, you might ask, to show that we can and do build stable lives from a former state of chaos, desperation, and hopelessness. Our stories become our strength. Please remember that any and all opinions shared and heard are those of the individuals and not a reflection of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other entity. So regardless of how crappy or wonderful our opinions might be to you, they still remain opinions, nothing more. You might hear swearing adult themes and situations as well as the tragedies humans face and walk through every day. It is not suitable for children unless they are accompanied by a parent or guardian or have the explicit permission of those individuals. I want to welcome you, Clay, um, and I'm hoping, uh, I think the world of you, man, and I'm hoping that uh, you'll just be cool with sharing your story with us today. Sure. Yeah? Cool, man. Absolutely. No worries. You take it away, man. Well, my name's Clay Hughes. Um... 56. Wow, that's still crazy to say that. Um, Yeah, um, I was born in England in a little town called Dartford. And uh, I had a, I I have an amazing sister. Her name's Carrie. And uh, we grew up together um, over there and uh, with my uh, my parents, Ron and and Valerie, um, and moved to Bramley. Uh, just north of Toronto, mm, okay. small little town back in the late '60s, and we, uh, you know, we 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 really enjoyed uh, our time together when we were kids, and uh, our parents were fun-loving parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was very musical; she used to sing jazz, and and my dad was very British, meat and potatoes mm-hmm. kind of Brit, you know, and um, and it, it was fun, you know, and then one day. Um, our our parents told us they were going to get a divorce hmm. and from that point my my world just crashed hmm. you know and um felt the first feelings of of similar to addiction um sad alone uh confused and um you know and, and very uh yeah very lonely hmm. um my parents weren't the best in communicating their feelings about what was really going on. And, um, and it left Carrie and I, um, with a vacuum within us, you know, and, um, we, we ended up living with my dad and my, my new stepmother and she had two kids from a previous marriage and, um, and her husband ended up with my mother. So essentially the two couples swapped, so it was really, uh, it was bizarre. It was very um, embarrassing at school. I remember that. I would have been awkward as a kid. Man. It, it was, yeah. um, you know, and unfortunately, my uh, my stepmom really had an issue with Carrie and I because um, I think she felt my mom took her husband, and mm. um, so it it wasn't too good for us at home. There was a lot of. Um, a lot of abuse, um, and she, uh, we didn't feel like she loved us, um, 
and maybe in some way she did, but we didn't feel it. Mm. And um, we were constantly seeking out attention and um, and trying to find love in our own dysfunctional way, you mm. know. Um, and I believe, looking back, that was the beginning of my addictive behaviors. Mm. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I was the class clown in school, always trying to you know, have fun and, and get out of myself, I believe. Um, and, uh, Carrie and I were very competitive for attention Mm -hmm. and it caused a lot of weirdness between us. Um, we were very close as well. It was a very odd relationship between her and I, when we were young, um, coming from a secure environment to a, a, you know, a very cold environment and, uh, and it, it was tough. You know, I don't often think back to it a lot anymore. I try to sort of put it out of my mind and forgive. Um, there was a time I remember uh, that she, was, Maureen, was was hitting my sister over the head with a wooden shoe, and hmm. you know, and I uh, I just felt really helpless and scared for her hmm. and scared for me, and you know, and uh, and confused. You know, I was angry at my mom for leaving us, um, you know, and uh, and so was Carrie. And it was like we we never really felt like we could entrust my dad because it seemed like my dad had his head in the sand and, you know, and he didn't protect us. Um, and it was, it was tough. Um, I... You know, it, it's funny I'm talking about this because often I've um, I've sort of protected my parents and what they did and didn't do um, instead of really acknowledging what they, you know, what the whole scenario was about. And it's been a way for me to deal with my feelings about it, you know. Mm. So through recovery, I've been able to get really open and honest with myself and... Uh, and address all the feelings I've had from mm-hmm. it, you know. Um, it's funny, I was talking through Facebook with Carrie this morning, and she encouraged me to be really open and honest about the real the real rigid truth mm-hmm. about it. And I, um, I had some fear when I saw that message from her because there's still a part of me that wants to protect my mom mm-hmm. and, and my dad. Yeah, it's it's weird, you know. But in and through those those times, um, I I really learned how to, I guess, wear a, a protective coating around myself and protect my my inner self from from harm's way. Um, and I uh, I remember. Well, eventually what happened was Carrie and I moved in with my mother who had been living in Japan and um, we left Maureen and my dad. And uh, that, albeit at the time, I, th- I thought it was great because it was very, um, very different living with her. But at the, uh, you know, in, in the same manner, it was it was not very good because she was feeling a lot of guilt from her part and things. And so she allowed... Um, myself and my sister to sort of get away with a lot, 
as a result of that. Um, she also enjoyed smoking drugs and, you know, drinking. And so she allowed us to do that, mm. which at the time I thought, well, this is great, you know. But looking back, it was probably the worst thing that could have happened, mm. of course. So unfortunately, there was no no conversation about the real truth and taking ownership and responsibility. There was always just blame. And she blamed, you know, Maureen. Maureen blamed her, and it was back and forth. So we basically grew up learning to not take responsibility, to blame others for your situations, and uh, and it obviously it it didn't do me too good. I carried a lot of those behaviors um, later on in life, um, but. I also really enjoyed the the consumption of drugs, drinking, um, everything that came with that because at the time it felt like it was a party, you know, <clears throat> and I didn't have to think about what was really going on in my heart and my soul. I, I just bought into it, you know, and um, and slowly but surely I learned to not deal with feelings, to embrace life as a party. And, um, you know, and I developed all of my characteristics as a result of that. Mm. Um, it was funny though, when I was about 17, I knew deep down inside, I, I, I needed discipline in my life, you know, and, uh, I was watching uh, TV late one night and I saw this uh, advertisement. There's no life like it in the armed forces. Mm. <laughs> I got this crazy idea to join the army. Mm. So I did, and um, I ended up going to basic training in Cornwallis, and you know, and uh, and enduring that, and and I learned how to drink really well, and and again, just get out of myself constantly. Mm. I became a medic in the military, and um, you know, it was a lot of it was good for me, though. Looking back on it, but it also, you know. It, it stayed the same, like kind of a groundhog day, if you will, because I didn't ever address or I never was honest with anybody about what I was really feeling mm -hmm. and, and thinking inside. And, and I tried to just, you know, be this party guy, this nice guy and, you know, and, and carry on with my life like that. So it really affected relationships I had. Um, I could never be open and truly honest with, with a member of the opposite sex. <clears throat> I had a lot of weird ideas about what women really were to me because the truth was I, I never really enjoyed a really open, honest, trusting relationship with a woman. And the two women who were predominantly in my life, besides my sister, had really hurt me. You know, and um, and Carrie was... She was my, um, my, you know, the, my healthy role model for a female. Mm. And thank God for that because she's really, really helped me a lot in my life. And um, I'm so grateful to her. Um, after uh, I had spent a number of years in the military, I, um, I got out and I, um, I ended up, uh, I was in Calgary actually when I got out as a, I was at one field ambulance at the Curry Barracks and, um, and I had lived with a girl named Barb who, who is a big, big part of my life today. 
but at the time it was it was tough on her because i um i was so stuck on you know on on my negative unhealthy way i was you know and um and we we lived together but it it, it wasn't good and i was consumed with drugs and alcohol and and partying and and i couldn't be there for her and so we ended up splitting up and she went on her way thank god and uh and i ended up going into the music industry of all places you know <laughs> but i i mean i thought it would be the best thing in mm -hmm. the world i thought wow this will be fun i'll get to travel i'm working with a reggae band i love the reggae music um, my mom gave me that blues and reggae and jazz um cool. she was a yeah she was a great jazz singer so i mean there are a lot of things that are good in my life today that i did take from my mom mm. and my dad um so i ended up uh, on the road with a, a great reggae band called messenger who uh, are my dearest of friends still today and um learned more and more about drugs and drinking though um I mean, you get a lot of free drugs when you're on tour, and, and that that just continued. Um, you know, and, and again, there was never an opportunity to really grow as a person mm -hmm. and become a really, you know, productive member of society as an adult because I was so stuck in trying to find my way, you know. Mm -hmm. um, that lasted about 10 years, and, um, you know, and I ended up, uh, where did I go? <laughs> well, I went all over the world. Um, I mean, I was in or all over Canada. Sorry, I was Vancouver, Victoria, Toronto, Trenton, Nova Scotia. And basically, I was just moving from city to city trying to figure myself out, mm -hmm. you know, um, promoting shows, involved in the music industry, um, learning how to do cocaine really well. And, and it just got crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, never was I ever in contact on a in a healthy manner with my family. I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed. I was angry at them. It was it was a constant, constant drain of my my spirit. You know, and um, and I I had a relationship with a lovely girl in Victoria, um, who, you know, thankfully she left because she had to. Um, there was a lot of cocaine use. And uh, so I missed out on a lot of great opportunities as a result of consuming drugs mm. and, and just trying to figure stuff out, you know. Um, to make a long story short, I got you to... You don't a, have to, though. We got lots of time. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> um, well, what <clears throat> happened uh, from Victoria, I, um, I did a show at the Commonwealth Games in 2004, or no, sorry, 1994, geez. And uh, I lost a lot of money on the show, and I was sitting in my apartment, and I'll never forget this. I was, um, I was just, I was suicidal. It was the first time in my life I thought, maybe it's best I take myself out. And the apartment was black with a little candle, and I was consuming cocaine. And there was a knock at the door. It was a buddy of mine who was worried about me. And I remember standing there and with a pair of shorts on. That was it. Sweating profusely. 
scared out of my mind. Mm. And all I could think of was to do more drugs. Mm. You know, I didn't think of my family. I didn't think of anybody who loved me. All I thought about was moving forward with drug use and getting out of myself. And the, the crazy stuff about it, Dave, is I look, I look back and I remember thinking it, that feeling I got from cocaine mm -hmm. was what I desired so much. Yeah. And I can see why a lot of people, myself included, embrace cocaine because it's like this, um, I mean, it's like an, an injection of self-esteem, mm. excitement. You feel alive, albeit for five seconds, and you got to <laughs> do more, right? Yeah. But it was something that I just, I craved. Yeah, but you describe it like that and say, I never did it. But you could, you're describing it in a way that like almost describes for some of us who've never done it, the cocaine, yeah. it, it, it makes sense why people do it. Oh, if I, you feel I, that good for five seconds even, yeah. that's better than not feeling that good. Well, yeah. And I, and I think as, as, as human beings, we need comfort, understanding, compassion, and, and to feel safe. Mm -hmm. And I think if you don't get that as a child, then it's, to me, it makes sense that a person would search out Mm -hmm. those feelings yeah, 100 and so if you get it artificially in and through drugs then to me it's a no-brainer mm -hmm. and that's essentially what my story was i was craving the love and, and understanding that i didn't feel like i got when i was young mm -hmm. um and you know like it's it's here i sit in a church with you and thinking back to the road i've traveled and to sit here today, it's a miracle. It really is. I, um, man, I, I, I shake my head some mm -hmm. days, you know, when I'm going about doing my business and what have you. But I'm really lucky because a lot of brothers and sisters I've known are not here anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I arrived here in and through. Whew, God, I just, it's, it's really, all good, man. It just hits me, you know. Yeah, I do. It hits me really hard sometimes. Mm. You know, I, I put my sister and, and my partner Barb through so much, and they haven't given up on me, you know, so. Yeah, um, like to talk about Barb. She was a girl that I was with in Calgary when I was in the military who left. And uh, um, I was in Toronto in uh, the late 90s. And um, my, um, my mom was really going downhill and through drug use and drinking. She had gone on to her third marriage. And my sister, she had a son, Jordan. And she changed her life when she had Jordan because mm -hmm. Carrie was in a similar headspace, not as bad as I was with the drugs, but um, she wasn't doing well. And when she had Jordan, her life drastically changed. And, mm -hmm. You know, and I, and I, it was the first time I saw really how proud I was of my sister. And I, I, I really 
took a lot spiritually and emotionally in from watching her. Although I didn't exude it at the time a lot, I, I really did take it in. And I, I hope she knows that. Um, but eventually my mom took her life. Hmm. And, um, so sorry, man. Yeah, that was, that was hard. Um, and, uh, the thing that really sticks in my mind was, you know, I, that number one, I wasn't there emotionally and spiritually to really help her at the time. So I feel a lot of shame about that. But when she, when she committed suicide, my dad, who always seemed to knock her down was devastated, you know, and it was, it was confusing to me because he was dying of cancer at the time too. It was a really traumatic time. And this was in 2007 when she took her life, June 29th. And it was, it was a real TSN turning point for me because I, for the first time, I really took a look in the mirror at myself and and I really applied myself in recovery. Mm -hmm. I had gone to my first meeting in Toronto in 95, so it was a long road of in and out and mm -hmm. in and out and playing games and, and what have you until that point. So once my mom died, I really did my best to immerse myself in 12-step in recovery and, uh, and to start being there for my dad. And I'm so thankful I was sober in the last few months that my dad was alive because we got to spend some time together. And, mm -hmm. and you know, <laughs> he only ever told me he loved me once in my life, and that was about, I think, the day before he died. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, God, I, I, I remember feeling so good when he told me that. <sighs> yeah. It's amazing to hear that, man. Oh, I know. After all that time. Yeah. Yeah, so I I tell my I tell my kids that a lot. And Barb that a lot. Everybody I love, I tell them. Because hmm. I needed that, so I try to give what I need, which is it's pretty powerful to say that, I guess, you know. But um yeah. So in a nutshell, my dad died in 2008, and uh, the funeral was really strange. My stepmother was kind of, she was still pretty cold to me, and and I just, I remember thinking at the time I was sort of happy in a way that I wouldn't have to see her anymore, mm. you know, sad about that too, mm. confused, and um you know, my uh, my Uncle Terry and my Auntie Anne were at the funeral. Anne was my mom's sister. Um, and they were, they were really beautiful people, are beautiful people. Anne passed away about a year ago from cancer. And, and Terry is, he's like my dad today. Hmm. But anyway, yeah, I remember being at the funeral and a lot of things were spinning and... Hmm floating in my my heart and i can't even imagine dude yeah it was a weird thing because it's mm -hmm. like looking at the blueprint of your life and sort of trying to put it all together mm -hmm. if you will um but it was the real 
it was a real point that I look back on where I started to realize that there there were a lot of roads people went down through their choices Mm -hmm. and the effect of people's choices on others in in the family and whatnot are are incredible. So I really, really try to pay attention to that today. Mm. I, um, you know, I, I realize that every move I make has an incredible ripple effect towards Barb and, and my stepkids, Emma and Josh and Sam. And, um, and that, that is huge for me, Mm. you know? And, um, anyway, so, what did happen uh, back to my dad dying is that my dad said to me, you know, I really hope you either go back to England, maybe find all your cousins and maybe ground yourself and maybe you'd enjoy that. Or I hope you meet somebody who loves you. And, um, and I said, I, I hope that too. And, and the day after he died, Barb Facebooked me out of nowhere. I hadn't spoken with her since we had split and that was 27 years or something. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. And I, I was, I just, my heart just pounded when I saw the message from her. Um, so we ended up conversing and, and, uh, and I felt it with her on the phone, you know, that energy and, and my, the, feelings I still had for her which were really bizarre so she came out to Toronto and she's living in Calgary at the time and and we ended up back together and so that's how I came back to Calgary mm-hmm. told my sister and and my nephew and Jordan and you know and they were I think they were scared in a way for me but happy at the same time they didn't know that Carrie just figured it would be a good change. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that really stuck with me was I, I, I told Barb about being in recovery and and she knew about my drug use and she was aware of my partying and whatnot through a mutual friend of ours. She had spoken with her, I believe. And so when I came out here, I, I did not want all of her friends to know I was in recovery. Mm-hmm. I was I was still ashamed of it, you know? Ashamed of my past, ashamed of mm-hmm. everything that, that I had walked through. And so one of my biggest mistakes was convincing her that I could drink. Mm-hmm. You know, so I came out here and and of course all of my decision making and my mannerisms just magnified with with the booze and eventually the drugs and regrettably regrettably i i put her through a lot again Mm. you know so i sit here with you today um amazed that she saw something in me and um and stuck with me you know it i'm i'm always so grateful for that yeah i'm bad man you're living like a real life love story, hey? Absolutely. Yeah, man. You know, we have our our struggles and 9 out of 10 of them are due to my my past and, <laughs> and my inability to you know, to really um deal with life on life's terms mm-hmm. a lot of times. Um but 
we we love each other unconditionally though and mm. she is very good for me in the sense that there's no bullshit with barb mm. she's she shoots from the hip um and that's probably hurt her a lot because she's getting a new hip. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's done some damage. What the hell have I done to her? <laughs> oh, my God. You put her in a position where she needs uh, a hip replacement? I know, right? <laughs> I've had to shoot from the hip a lot. But, um, yeah. So, you know, and it, it was it was crazy. I came out here, three kids that she had, and... Um, and you've met my daughter, Emma. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's the sunshine of my life, you know. Yeah, and, she sure is. You know, and, and we've we've worked really hard to provide a happy home for them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I uh, thank God for 1835 House. Yeah. Because they, uh, they took me in twice. Yeah. And, uh, and the first time... You know, I went there and I met amazing, an amazing guy, Gord, and he was a counselor and became my sponsor. And, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, this is how crazy I, I, my past was. I leave 1835 after being there for four months or whatever. And I'm, you know, Barb, she drinks, she's not an alcoholic. Um, so, you know, I say, yeah, no problem, you know, and then. I'm kind of missing drinking with mm. her, right? So I convince her that it was the drugs that were the problem and that I'm okay with the Jesus juice, you know? And and she, and you know, part of her kind of probably... <laughs> I haven't heard anybody uh, call it that in a while. Well, yeah. No, Sorry, no, man. I just no, had an image okay. of Michael Jackson breakdancing <laughs> in my head, right? Sorry, man. <laughs> oh, God. Cracked me up. Yeah, she... um <laughs> You know, I mean, because we had some good times having a mm-hmm. glass of wine and, you know, and, and relaxing. And uh, and I and I think it may have been tough for her to think, well, now am I allowed to drink around him? Like all these things, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, would be normal to think about. And so I think that's what she was hoping that, okay, that'll be nice if he just drinks a little bit once in a while. Mm-hmm. And, but quickly it turned excuse me really really bad Mm -hmm. you know and um, I even had the gall to invite Gord my counselor sponsor over to my house and sit on the deck the deck with him and tell him that well I've decided I'm gonna drink so I just wanted to be honest with you and he's looking at me like are you nuts Mm -hmm. you know but God bless him he said hey Clay this is your life Mm -hmm. it's your choice I respect that it's not something I I would do myself, mm-hmm. but he gave me the grace to make my own choice. Yeah. And, um, and I'm thankful for that. No doubt, man. Because I think we really truly do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And so why get in the way of a person? Like, yeah. I'm not going to tell my kids, you got to do this. You got to do that. <clears throat> I, my job is to support them, give them some advice perhaps about mm-hmm. what I think but essentially allow them to make their choices. And and I do that today, and so mm-hmm. does Barb. Um, and so I, of course, continued, and then thankfully I made it back to 1835 after a horrendous relapse. I, um, God, I don't know how I survived it, but it was a lot of crack use. 
And um, I ended up selling my vehicle, which was, oh my God, I'll never forget the day I had to tell Barb that. Oh, I'm so lucky I wasn't in the same room with her. She would have killed me, you know. Um, well, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And I made it back to 1835 by, by the skin of my teeth. And when I went back there, that time I had said to Barb, I, you know, I love you so much to the point I don't know if where I'm going to end up. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can't guarantee nothing for you. And it was the first time in a long, long time that I considered truly somebody else's feelings mm -hmm. besides myself. Because I had been so selfish and so consumed with my own shit that, you know, <laughs> it, it just wasn't right. You know, and uh, and I told her, I, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm going to do my best. I wish the best for you. And so in my mind, I felt like she was gone, <clears throat> you know, and, and it was good for me, you know, because it was the really the first time that I was looking in the mirror, feeling alone with myself, but also feeling okay, because I had a sense that if I just let people in mm -hmm. and let people who are living sober and, and living well and, and what have you in to help me that maybe, just maybe, I had a chance, mm -hmm. you know, and um, and that's essentially what happened. I started working on the steps. Mm -hmm. I wrote out my whole life story at 1835, and that was a trip. I mean, you don't realize the severity and, and the extent of it until you put it on, or I didn't, mm -hmm. until I put it on paper. It's hard to see it clearly without it, doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? And so there I was looking and saying, wow. And in and through that process, I've, I realized how fortunate I was to be where I was mm -hmm. and how many people were not there anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that was a, a message to me to say, all right, you've got a shot here to really right the ship. Mm -hmm. And that's all I wanted. Yeah. You know, I didn't. Boy, I didn't want my mom's death to be in vain mm -hmm. either. Yeah, and uh, and I didn't want the love and support of my sister mm -hmm. and my aunt Sandy and Anne and Terry and everyone in my corner, um, and especially Barb, to be in vain. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happened. I I really dug in. I had my head up my ass the first five days, which I think is fine you know, and felt really depressed, um, you know, uh, whew, um, but slowly but and surely I, I started to feel a little bit better mm -hmm. day by day. And, uh, the counselors at 1835, I mean, they were amazing. They got some good guys there, right? Eh? Oh, they, yeah, they really people. do. And, <clears throat> and it's good there because you, you immerse yourself in meetings every day. You have to go to four outside meetings a week. Mm -hmm. So you get to know the program of AA, CA, NA, whatever A you want. And you start developing relationships that are healthy. Mm -hmm. Seeking out people who are good for you. 
you know, and I say that because not everybody's really healthy in the rooms. It's, uh, it, that's no doubt. Yeah, it, it's true. You know, <laughs> yeah. and there's a, you have to be careful with that. And I've learned myself, but I really, really in, embraced what the whole spirit of, of our club mm -hmm. is, if you will. And, and a couple of weeks later, Barb contacted me and said, let's go for a coffee. And, and we did. And, um, and that was the start of us starting to heal. Um, she, God bless her. She was scared, really scared at the time, but, but she, she trusted me, mm -hmm. you know, and she stuck by me, you know, and, um, and I owe her my life because I, I don't know where I, whew, I don't know where I would have gone without her. Mm. I really don't. And I got to be honest, I didn't get sober for myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't like myself enough to want to get sober for myself. And one of the Ooh. the cliches is just give me gotta, goosebumps, man. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> so I, true, man. I, I know, right? So true. I mean, I just I didn't, and to this day, I'm still mm -hmm. learning to like myself. You know, it's taken a lot of time, mm -hmm. and. uh <clears throat> excuse me it's you know it's an ongoing process so i got sober for carrie for barb for emma sam and josh i just did not want them to go through any more mm. bullshit and all of our friends who you know i came to to love through barb they're all mainly her friends you know loretta and barb and stuff and some great great people you know, they're, they're known as the village. <laughs> and, um, it's good know. that they're help raising you, man. Oh yeah. They, they, <laughs> they, 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 have, they raised me because they were, <laughs> you know, they were concerned for sure. All of them. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, um, you know, and, and they were there for Barb mm -hmm. and I'm thankful to them. You know, they really, really helped her a lot. And she needed and deserved that, mm. you know. And so they were skeptical. But they have turned into some of the best supporters I yeah. have in my life now. You can they, see that, man. Hey? You can see that. Yeah. Like, with all the stuff I see in your life, it, mm. it, it comes, it's there. Like, it's so present, the love you guys have for each other, right? Oh, it, it's amazing. Mm. Like, like, you, you know, you really do define a person from their friends mm. you know and my wife well, my partner we're not married but we both wear rings they're commitment mm. rings <laughs> or, i think what did she awesome. say the other day they're they're i'm thank god i'm not married rings <laughs> <laughs> but, all the married uh, people out there right now are going, I know, yeah you yeah, guys yeah, win yeah, you guys I, win i kind of <laughs> get that um <laughs> it's hilarious Actually, it all transcended because I went and I bought her this ring around, I don't know when it was, Christmas last year, close around there. And and, and um, was it a ring? or No, I don't forget what it was, earrings or something. And it was god-awful. And she just said, I'm not wearing that. <laughs> and so I, she made me take it back. And, and I, I go back with her, my, you know, my head sunk low. And I got a... I got a 
uh, a slip from the jewelry store. Okay, come back and buy something else at some point. And then, uh, so Barb went in there with Boo, our our daughter, and she found herself a really nice ring. Dude, so, that's the best plan you could have. I know, right? Yeah. Nice. So she bought a ring. <laughs> that's exactly what I'd have to do too, man. If I was planning that, I'd be like, you should just go pick it yourself. I'm oh, an idiot. <laughs> no, I know. Oh, I do. I am not good at picking out clothing or jewelry. Well, she likes a lot of the earrings I've bought her, but... Nine times out of ten, I go to Toronto, and she's like, whatever you do, do not buy me anything. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like your mother would wear it, <laughs> which I often do, and oh, God. Oh, man. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I just love buying her stuff, though, right? <laughs> she just hates it. <laughs> yeah, but at least you're trying, man. I know, right? You're trying to do decode the, like, what is the good, perfect gift to get your partner? Yeah. You're trying to decode it. I appreciate your efforts. Well, hey, I, I'll tell you, man, um, my... My uh, my sense of style is it's um, it needs improving. Let's say that. <laughs> God, look who you're talking to, man. Like I have no, yeah, I, I don't I talk to anybody about style. Uh, Seriously, I feel really comfortable with you, Gabe. <laughs> Good man, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, you feel like you actually yeah. have some style when you yeah, sit I, down I do, with me, right? Yeah, I'm wearing totally. my jeans and my Blur Street <laughs> boxing shirt. Yeah, but. <laughs> So, yeah, so she got a ring. I loved it, and she loved it. And um, and it was lovely to see her with a ring on her finger. Mm. And we celebrated 10 years together this year. Oh, congratulations, man. Yeah, thank you. And uh, and that means the world because, you know, seven years I've been sober out of those 10. And congratulations so, for that, too. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, man. I owe, again, I, I owe it to what whatever this power greater than me is, um, mm -hmm. there's something working, man. And, you know, and I, I I'm not going to tell you, I, I have a clear, concise understanding of God, but I don't need to mm -hmm. either. You know, um, Barb and I talk about that sometimes, you know, whether we believe in God and, and, uh, and for me, something's working in, in the, the journey I've had, that brings me sitting here with you today, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I, um, I have a, an incredibly peaceful, safe feeling when I walk into a church mm -hmm. and I go to a meeting. Isn't that cool? It, it's amazing. Yeah. It really is. You know, cause I tried, I really tried getting sober many, many times on my own, my own energy and my own will. And I remember my dad saying, why don't you just bloody stop? You know, and I'd be like, well, you're right, dad. That'd be lovely. Yeah. I mean, and, <laughs> you know, what's this bleeding crap you're smoking? And like, oh, God. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I always, you know, I was always driven back to that, that feeling of, of contentment from, from the drugs. Mm -hmm. So until I had, the you know the right people in my life who were adding bits and pieces to my cake if you will it nothing was gonna change mm -hmm. you know and i believe that today that the reason i'm able to feel right and to move forward and and to be the guy i'm becoming is because of a a lot of involvement from a lot of people that I'm getting the things that I always wanted when mm -hmm. I was a kid, you know, and I, and I'm getting a sense of 
of compassion and and I'm getting love and I'm getting understanding and and I'm getting support and that's what I wanted mm -hmm. you know um my 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 partner Barb has she's come from a lot from her childhood too and you know and I've been able to really see how she deals with all of her stuff you know and 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 I've really taken on a lot of that for my own use mm -hmm. you know and and I admire and respect how she is I mean she's an amazing mother um god she loves our kids so much <laughs> the other night Josh uh, Josh has moved out and he came home and he was in the room with Sam and they were just you know laughing and Barb was standing behind them and I could see her hands on their shoulders and Mm -hmm. you know and, and she said I love my kids you know and I thought wow mm -hmm. yeah you do yeah she does you know and yeah. um, and I felt so good mm -hmm. from that you know and, I, and to be a, a part of that I'm forever grateful to mm -hmm. her and and our, and our kids for that and you know and we uh, you know we we, <laughs> we have a good life mm -hmm. today you know and I and I owe it to so many God, so many people. You know, um I um I've forgiven my stepmother. Um you know, I I mean, uh yeah, that was tough. But when my dad died he uh he asked me to to do my best to form a relationship with her and mm -hmm. and um and whether he asked me that for himself or for whatever guilt he had i i, I don't know but it's done me well mm -hmm. to forgive yeah um i've done a lot of things i'm very very uh shameful um for and and so my thoughts right or wrong are if i need forgiveness for my you know, my past mm -hmm. and, and my choices, then I think I need to give that to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so that feels right for me today, yeah. you know, and um, um, it's not a crazy healthy relationship between Maureen and I, but we try, mm -hmm. you know, and I, um, I, I saw her recently in Toronto. I went to see uh, my sister and friends, and I celebrated at my old home group. You had a blast. Yeah, I did. I did a bunch of Leaf games and, you know, and an Argo game. And, you know, I, that was amazing. I've got a friend who plays for the Argos, so that was really cool. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. His dad was the drummer in Messenger. Oh. You know, big up Donovan Black. Yeah. yeah. And so Matt play, has played for the Argos for 10 years. And yeah. And I remember when he was little and he was coming to our shows, you know, it was just crazy <laughs> so to see him do so well. You know, he's the guy who caught the interception in the Great Cup last year. To oh, win. was he? Yeah. That's right on. Yeah. So big up Matt Black. <laughs> you know, so anyway, awesome. we were there in Toronto and yeah. his, his brother is um, one of the photographers for the band The Weekend. So mm -hmm. we're hanging out with those guys. It was just like, holy moly, how did I get here? Yeah. You're back re-immersed you know? with music, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, actually I've had some, some opportunities, uh, or some, some talk about going on tour again with, uh, a band and Barb's supports that, you know, 
Um, I don't know if it'll happen. Things are kind mm-hmm. of up in the air in regards to that. But it's just nice to know that opportunities that present themselves, mm-hmm. I'm willing and ready to go after them now because I'm I'm good with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm working, yes, on a lot of things within myself still. I, um, I had a... Um, I developed an eating disorder when I was young, part of, mm. I think, my reaction to the abuse. And I've struggled with that a long time. Yeah. And um, how does that, how does it manifest for you? Um, it's emotionally driven. Yeah. Um, it's, it's image as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this, you know, kind of a poor self image of my physical self. Um, and so that seems to drive mm-hmm. my purging and and what have you it's um it's it's really it it basically it's been removed but the image is still there of Mm -hmm. myself i struggle with that still yeah and um i struggle with my whole opinion of myself still it's like you're in my head like an hour and a half ago hey like what you're talking about sorry keep going man yeah no i i i I just i i really enjoy being as honest and blunt about where I'm truly at mm-hmm. um, instead of this, you know, facade. It's funny. I'll see stuff on Facebook sometimes and then I'll put stuff on Facebook. That's just who I am mm-hmm. and I don't care. You know, like I'm not a guy to put a bunch of selfies on there and look at my mm-hmm. Facebook life. You know, it's kind of funny how you, you see that. So I, I really pay attention to be open and brutally honest. Mm-hmm. And it's because my, my, my enjoyment with Facebook is my connection to my friends all over the world mm-hmm. and, and cousins in England and, and what have you. And so I love it for that. Yeah. You know? it, I, mean, I think uh, that was, a, that's what it's intended for. Yeah. Partially yeah. at least. Yeah. Maybe I, not I, anymore, I but. think so. I, I think it's, but you know, at the same time, people, they put stuff on there that makes them feel right. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, you want to agree with it or not, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. fill your boots. You know, I mean, and that's how I, I try to look at life in general mm-hmm. now, you know, I mean, we all, I really believe that we all just try to feel happy and, and content with ourselves. And, and sometimes some of us don't get there in the healthiest of ways and we, we endure repercussions because of that. And mm-hmm. I, and I can attest to all of those, but I believe that if we're fortunate enough to really allow, you know, the energy of a higher power and the compassion of our friends and family, and then we can really, really thrive, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think that's the answer for, for where I'm at, um, is to really, to continue to let, you know, the, the, the beauty that comes from looking at yourself, Mm -hmm. And being honest with yourself and others and, and just the peace that, you know, you can, you can really enjoy from that. You know, um, again, I mean, um, I've been really, uh, really looking further than I ever have in the last year or so. I'm see, seeing a, a therapist and, and, um, and I'm going into some areas that have been really kind of, uh, do I want to touch that anymore? Am mm-hmm. I good? You know, I mean, I'm sober. So, but there's so much more to it than just being sober. So much more. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I've, 
I'm really, I, I think I'm just on the tip of the iceberg, quite honestly. You know, you know it's interesting because you said you're seven, right? You seven, turned seven yeah. this summer, I think. Yeah, September your... 2nd. September, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Um, seven, when I turned seven, someone yeah. came to me after the birthday meeting. It was an old timer. Yeah. And he said, um, now, now you're going to have to be really careful. That's what he said, his only words. And then I said, what are you yeah. talking about? And he goes, it's hard to tell you. You just have to be really careful. That's all he said. I, I totally get that, you yeah. know, because I, I I think like the first couple of years are like, it's almost like you have a new toy. And, and it's <laughs> yeah. like, wow, this is really cool. I'm yeah. sober. And, 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 you know, and things start coming back in your life, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I've enjoyed having my own business. I never, ever would have thought I would, I'd have my own painting renovation mm -hmm. company. What's the name of your company, man? Um, Painter's Brush. Painter's Brush. Yeah. If you don't know his company, you better know his company. <laughs> yeah. They do good work. Well, thank you. I, yeah. I, um, I, I really enjoy what having my own business gives me and, mm -hmm. and freedoms because I can... First off, I can drive Emma to school on most days, yeah. and and we I love doing that for her. Um, she's in in grade eight at you know Vincent Massey, and and it's you know it's just she's in grade eight already. I know, God, dude, I crazy. can't even imagine what that's like for you. Because uh, <laughs> well, you and you and her have like there's a relationship between the two of you that doesn't exist for I I would imagine for parents who are step parents. Yeah. I imagine it's pretty hard to come by that kind of relationship. And yeah. you definitely have something. I I mean I'm not suggesting it's perfect, right? No, no, I um I mean we we have we're we're very similar in um um in I think emotional levels and and I you know, I, I mean, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm -hmm. Totally. And do. So sometimes it, it causes problems with us, and and I've had to, you know, I'm navigating through being a stepdad um, mm -hmm. with her, and and you know, making mistakes, but but most importantly, I I love her like I've never loved anything, and uh, you know, and and I That's I feel it from her, and yeah, and and I think Barb appreciates that, and and. and you know, well, I know she does. Um, and it's, it's fired me up for my recovery yeah. journey because the last thing in the world I would ever, ever want to do is put her through pain and suffering that mm -hmm. she does not deserve. She needs support and love and mm -hmm. all the things that Carrie and I wanted as kids, you know, yeah. and, and so having the opportunity and, and, you know, and the gift to be able to give that to her is, is everything I'd ever wanted, you know, and, I just, I can't say enough about how much that means to me, mm -hmm. you know, and, and going through, um, having step parents myself, mm -hmm. that was an, a really, really good, good experience for me because I know what it feels like mm -hmm. and I would never, never knock down their dad, their biological dad, mm -hmm. who, you know, he, he's, he's a good fella, you know, and, and we all, you know, we all have our our, uh, our good and bad points mm -hmm. and whatever I think of him um, is, you know, immaterial because it, it's important that the kids feel secure and loved mm -hmm. and supported. Yeah. Right. So that's been really good because I didn't like it when my parents would knock the other parents down. I, I, yeah. I, was, I was looking, I remember looking at him like, why, why do you do that? 
because they were together at some point. Yeah. And they were so, in love at some point. Exactly. Yeah. So there must have been something that was good there. Totally. You know, and, and but when people are hurting, you know, as well as yeah, I do. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. You know, but doesn't make you feel any better, dude. No. And, and <laughs> you know, honestly, they, they didn't have what we have today. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of crap in our world today, but, but in general, I, I think we've, been able to navigate through all of the understanding of, of what really is healthy in relationships mm-hmm. and, and what kids really need and and you know and, and basically just to learn from your past mm-hmm. and your experiences right so so yeah i mean there was some you know some bad stuff from my parents and some good stuff but the cool thing about being you know where i'm at today is i'm able to look at all of it objectively and use mm-hmm. what i i need from it and discard what i don't mm-hmm. you know and and i appreciate that gift from my my parents you know um i uh you know i think about them a lot um and i and i think about what i'm doing in regard to, you know in regard to what they had done mm-hmm. a lot so that benefits the people who are in my life today mm-hmm. you know um and it benefits the people uh in the rooms that i i i meet and and mm-hmm. see on a daily basis you know like yeah it sure does man oh <clears throat> well i'm one of the people that in, comes across you yeah relatively regularly right yeah one of the things i've noticed i noticed from the start from first meeting you <clears throat> is how you steer away from any blame yeah. And you steer into the fact that we're all just accountable. And and you talk about, the way you talk about your dad and your mom is beautiful. Like that's how, what I, I wanted to tell you was that one of the things, right, is that when you mm. talk about them, you talk about them beautifully, man. Yeah. Regardless of what, and I, I believe that's part of the point of yeah. us sobering up is actually seeing those people for who they are as humans, not just the bad or just the good, mm-hmm. right? It, we're no longer diluted yeah. by that fog up here in yeah. the head, right? Like, and so I appreciate that about you, man. I do. I appreciate it very much that that's kind of where I've heard you come from probably since you came in. Yeah. I, you know, I, I knew once I started to see things clearly that the way out of myself was taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I knew, <clears throat> excuse me, that there was, the only way I was going to grow was to do that, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and that's been the best thing. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you so, want some water or something? Yeah. Can I get a glass of water? Thanks. Oh, right now. Thank you, Darcy. Thank you. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it's, to me, it's, it's a no brainer, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, there's no sense in if if I have an issue with something I'm doing and I blame somebody else for it, mm-hmm. then who am I hurting? You know, like yeah. I, I'm I'm not giving myself the chance to grow and mm-hmm. to learn and you know and to <clears throat> be responsible and what have you. I'm I'm you know I'm just gonna stay stuck where I'm at mm-hmm. and it. it if anything, it'll be worse. Yeah. You know, thank you very much. Thanks, Darcy. Yeah, it's dry in here. <laughs> oh, it's really dry. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm glad I'm oh. not the only one, like, yeah, <laughs> coughing up phlegm sitting here. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, <laughs> there you go. But, um, 
yeah, I mean, today, I, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I, uh, you know, I just really, really, truly just try to make, make the most of every day and, and, um, and, and apply it in my, you know, my day-to-day operations. And I mean, looking back on, on feeling shame for being an addict, mm-hmm. I'm so, so amazed at the response and the understanding I get from people today when I tell them I'm in recovery and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I struggle with drugs and alcohol. I mean, yeah. Barb's, all of Barb's friends are, are, you know, nothing but supportive, mm-hmm. constantly encouraging me. And, and I, and I love them and, and appreciate all of that. And, and so are all my clients from mm-hmm. my jobs, you know, like I, I remember <clears throat> I was in 1835, excuse me. And I, I had defrauded the bank, mm-hmm. right? putting checks in, drawing money out. And so I I told Grumpy Dave, the counselor at 1835, about it. <laughs> Almost every counselor around town has like a nickname. Yeah. Yeah. Well, rest in peace, Dave. He yeah. was he was beautiful. Right on. And uh and he said, Well, you, you better freaking call your bank manager or the cops will be here and we're not going to and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so there I am, scared shitless and and I called Laura, my bank manager, and and she alluded to having an understanding of alcoholism and addiction and said, I'm really glad you're where you're at. Come and have a coffee with me and we'll work it all mm-hmm. out. So fast forward, she's become one of my better friends. Mm-hmm. I'm renovating a house for her mother right now. And yeah. and it's incredible. Yeah, You know, uh, I mean, she's involved with the uh, Rotary Club and I'm going to do a talk at a breakfast meeting for the Rotary Club right on, on November man. 21st. And, and you know, I mean, if you had told me that seven years ago, I would have laughed. Well, I bet. You know, and trying to help 1835 mm-hmm. raise money, and that's what that's all about as well. And I'm I'm, I'm alumni there, of course, and mm-hmm. I, I'm involved with the house a lot. Um, that was one of the things that I really believe helped me a lot in the beginning was a lot of guys, they would leave 1835 and they wouldn't come back and then you wouldn't hear about mm-hmm. them, you know? And so when I got out, Barb and I talked about a plan. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? You know, and I, I made a promise to her. I will be going to meetings. I will be involved in the house. <clears> I'm going to go back there a lot. So she feels safe. Mm-hmm. And that was the best move I ever made. Yeah. That move there changed my life because mm-hmm. it made me realize that I had an obligation to her and the kids mm-hmm. and to my sister Carrie and everybody else, Jordan, everyone in my family to put my best foot forward mm-hmm. and to start being a part of the solution yeah. instead of sucking the life out of everybody. Yeah. You know, and I thought, wow, this is cool. Now I get to be somebody, you know, and and so mainly it's kept me humble, not judging people. And it's made me, it's, it's helped me to remember how it felt the day I walked into 1835. Mm-hmm. And I never, ever want to forget that because I see a lot of people who get years and years in start to develop a know-it-all syndrome and, and this, yeah. you know, this ego and, and I'm, you know, I'm just another addict like anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, lucky enough to have the time I, I have. And so for me to 
to shit all over that by not being thankful and mm -hmm. humble and giving back to people that that's an atrocity to me yeah you know and and what am i showing the people who stuck by me mm -hmm. you know like that's it's just every day is another opportunity to really show them that you know what you were worth it yeah you see and that's you the know? difference clay between blame and fault and take and us taking accountability what you're describing is what happens to a human when they take accountability for their life yeah right you yeah. start taking accountability for your actions then you feel accountable yeah and i mean that was i don't know about yourself but back in the day using accountability was far from my mind oh god right no i because I... if we slow down and take accountability we're fucked well yeah i all i ever wanted to do honestly like it's weird to say this, but the truth is I wanted the people who hurt me to be hurt, mm -hmm. you know? And so the weird thing about that is because it was a prominent woman in my life, I, I hurt every other woman mm -hmm. that came into my <clears throat> life. And so I think, you know, inadvertently I was, I guess I was trying to hurt Maureen, but I was hurting other people who had nothing to do with it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's not right. Yeah. So, you know, and, and Barb's gone through a lot of that with me that she didn't deserve, you know? And, and the, I think one of the best things about her and I is that we understand each other and why each other mm -hmm. act the way we act sometimes. Because without that, I don't think we'd be together, yeah. you know, and, um, that's fair. Yeah. It's pretty damn cool because, uh, to have similar feelings and, and, and backgrounds really can, can play into a, mm -hmm. a, a, a beautiful relationship where you truly understand and get why, you know, wh why you, the other person does what they do. Well, there um, seems to be like no time for resentment building there. When you start to understand the other person, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, what's, I, I, I feel for some things that she's gone through. Mm -hmm. Um, she's had some tough things in her life, you know, and, um, she's risen above, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, I won't disclose some of the things, mm -hmm. obviously, okay. uh, but, um, I can tell you they, they were tough. You know, and so I've drawn from from her strength mm -hmm. and um, and and her commitment to to herself and and to her kids mm -hmm. and to her friends. Like, man, is she ever a, a dedicated friend? Like, well, she and to is, you, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. it's cool to watch. Like, yeah, she, I bet she has a high profile job. Um, you know, and and the passion and and dedication she has mm -hmm. with her her career is is amazing awesome it's amazing and yeah. i and i'm so proud of her um you know our, our daughter is in the young canadians and um and she sits on the one of the boards um she's board chair actually i, I again i don't want to get into the where where she's really at because she mm. doesn't want me to but um but you know her it's just her trying to better herself mm -hmm. and, and to utilize everything she's been lucky enough to, to take on, I mm -hmm. guess. And it's, I love it. 
Mm-hmm. Like I'm able to really clearly watch it all now and take it in, I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say. And and it's the same with my sister. I mean, my sister was a, a single mom who, uh, you know, had a real tough time uh, with a lot of family dynamics like I did. And, mm-hmm. and she raised Jordan like amazingly. And, and, uh, and, he, and he's a lovely boy. You know, he lives in Calgary and works painting as well with a friend of mine now. So it's great. Right on. And, um, and she put herself through nursing school, you know, and, and Carrie is, she works with people dying of cancer mm. nine times out of 10 on a daily basis, yeah. you know, and I mean, she's, she's angelic. Yeah, you no know? doubt. And the funny thing too, her and Barb were born on the same day. Oh, really? Yeah. Not the same year though. <clears throat> no, January 31st, they were born. Wow. Barb was born. The, yeah, she was born in '67. The last time the Leafs won the Stanley Cup. Jesus Christ! <laughs> that sounds like a tragically hip song. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. Oh God. And she, uh, and she lets me know that a lot. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's. I, I just found that amazing. Like the probably, if you were to ask me, the two most effective, incredible women I've I have in my life today are my sister and, and Barb. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you can see that though too, eh? When you take pictures with them, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's uh, cool though, man. Like it's such a cool thing to see people. I mean, you're a, you're a human, just like I'm a human. We yeah. look around, we see all kinds of stuff that just doesn't look real anymore, right? But you see stuff like that. People with their family, when they love it, they love it. Yeah, you know, you can't make that up. Well, it's what the world needs, eh, Dave? Totally. Man. You know, I mean, you 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 look at the stuff on in the world today, and and if we if we were all just a little bit more loving and caring with our kids, mm-hmm. man, what a ripple effect that would be, you know? And yeah, I try not to think too much, I guess, of all the things going on in mm-hmm. the world. I mean, I'm, of course I'm affected by it and I'm saddened by a lot of things, but what I can do is be the best version of myself I can be mm-hmm. and, and, and be there for the kids and, and my friends and, you know, my family and, you know, and, and, and just do that. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, but maybe something will, you know, will come out of that. That's really good. And I, and I believe it will, you know, I mean, it's sure damn nice to know that seven years have gone by and nobody's had to endure any craziness from, mm-hmm. from drug use or drinking, you know, like, I mean, that's, that in itself is amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really is, you know, and that's why I love like this morning at Daily Reflections. I mean, God, there was a hundred people in there. Oh, that room gets so busy. Hey, it's so nice. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at everybody going, wow, there's a lot of drug dealers that are not getting business today, you know? Yeah. And a lot of kids who are benefiting and families and friends. Yeah, because at that meeting, lots of parents and kids come. Yeah. Sometimes, right? Yeah. Well, I brought Emma there lots of times oh, when yeah. she was little. God, it was. I almost uh, punched somebody when they told me that she wasn't your biological daughter. I said, "There's no way. That's uh, obviously his daughter." And because yeah. I was like, "I, you don't like." I've worked with families for a long time. Yeah, very rare to see a step parent that close, right? Yeah, and genuinely close. Even though you guys may not get along all the time, because that's just the way parenting is. Yeah, right? yeah. But genuinely, uh, I almost hit a dude. I was like, "Dude, why are you making lies up against Clay?" Oh really? I'm just no, kidding, she, We're just joking uh, around, but she's she's very fortunate. She she loves her loves her biological dad mm-hmm. like to the moon, and 
and we have the the same and and so i'm really happy for her yeah you know and 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 that's what it's about you know it's it's just being uh being there for your kids you mm-hmm. know i mean what a what an incredible gift we get from recovery Oof. for that yeah you know i mean god yeah i just i just <laughs> that's it really for me and honestly that that really was the gasoline of my engine when i first got in was mm-hmm. these kids deserve better than this yeah you know i'm and I'm drawing back again from from what my sister and I went through was was super important, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm a lucky guy. I'm yeah, really, man. really lucky. I don't know if it's just luck. Know. There's probably a mixture uh, of things in there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I won't embarrass you, but there's probably a mixture <laughs> of things that go beyond luck. Yeah, you know, because yeah. you got to give yourself to people. Right. That's one of the things in recovery that works, helps us get through the program day to day is work is giving ourselves to others. Yeah. Right? And I would, it's, it's, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head there. And if anyone, you know, who's listening right now and they're, you know, they're in recovery or whatever and they're struggling, I would suggest that, you know, mm. find a way that you can give yourself. And if you can at first, th- just ask questions of people mm-hmm. who are doing that and get with those people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and hang out with people who you feel a sense of compassion mm-hmm. from, you know, because it, it's, it really is life or death, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I mean, I've been asked, you know, how did it change for me and, and whatnot? And honestly, I needed to be in a safe, safe place for a while, yeah. you know? And so whatever that looks like, that's what I would suggest to anybody. Yeah. You know, and uh and just hang in there, you know. Like yeah. it's uh, it's worth it. So if someone's listening and they want to go to eighteen thirty five, how would they get in touch with them? Um they just call the office, uh four oh three two four five eleven ninety six, um and uh ask to speak to one of the counselors. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. Um you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's an incredible place, mm-hmm. you know, and there's, um, I mean, there's lots of great places in Calgary. Yeah. There's Fresh Start. Stacy uh, Peterson runs an incredible program there mm-hmm. too. Um, Simon House, I hear is great. Great. Yeah. But for me, 1835 was, you know, I, yeah. I, I have a, a real soft spot of, of course for them and, uh, and they have a, a great, great executive director, Dan Agape. He's doing an amazing job. Oh, good. Um, Jerry left. He, he was great, but Dan's on there now, and and he's doing fantastic. And, right on. I'm working with him as a sponsor, and and um, you know he's he's just awesome, you know. And it's a they they give you a, a great opportunity there. You you go through the meetings uh, for I think it's six weeks, and then you can live there and work, and have a safe place to come back to mm-hmm. after you work, so you can really get yourself grounded. Yeah. which I think is super important early Very in recovery. So. You know, I mean, I was fortunate to have a home to go back to mm-hmm. and and what have you, but but a guy who's single who doesn't, I mm-hmm. really, really think it's amazing that you can be there, live and work there, and and get yourself to a point where you're ready to be on your own, mm-hmm. you know? So they have a woman's Yeah, they do. Now. They can have a woman's. A I, I can. Um, actually, we're... 
we um we worked hard on that uh i did a renovation tv show a couple of years ago with um uh, crowns of construction it was mm. called with angie shilliday and uh, tj anderson and uh wes martins uh wes and i were the contractors on the show and it was on ctv it was <laughs> it was crazy i remember but, seeing clips of it yeah, yeah. so it's like fun oh it was great anyway <laughs> rent we renovated one side and yep. and um so now that's a um an outpatient program for women oh great yeah and uh, and it's it's doing really well right on. they've um you know they've helped a lot of women already it it um I think, uh, is it three weeks? I think it's three weeks. So is it like a day group? Yeah, it's yeah. a day program. Okay. And um, then they have relapse prevention. They have family support. Mm. They have a day uh, a daycare center for kids below. So, yeah. Oh, really? Which is really cool because a lot of women who are single moms with kids, they have nowhere to put their kids if they want to get help. Mm-hmm. This way they can bring their kids there. There's a child mining service downstairs. So they get their help upstairs knowing their kids are looked right after downstairs. So, yeah, really, really awesome. And, and I'm so, so glad because it was needed. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of facilities for women versus facilities for men. And I yeah. just don't get that. Yeah, I think it's an oversight. I think it was like, you know, when when all attention goes towards a, an area, mm-hmm. like addiction or mental health or whatever, right. they look at the demographics of who predominantly is. Yeah. That's basically how funding goes, right? Like for the most yeah. part. I'm so, I was so glad to hear that you guys that 1835 was opening up for women. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I, I, I mean, to me, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, and you know, like right now, there's people out there that have absolutely no idea that there was even services for women at 1835. No, I know. Right? No, it's it's true. They uh, and I mean, it, it's just like anything. You gotta, you know, you gotta get the word out there. Mm-hmm. So. But, um, yeah, I mean, hey, it's, it's a well-run organization and I, and I'm me and my family benefit from it incredibly every day. Right on. Yeah. So cool, man. What time are we at? Holy crap. Wow. Dude. We've been chit chatting. Yeah, we have. We're like a couple of hens. <laughs> back, back. <laughs> Dude, I, I want to thank you for coming on, man. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I'm, uh, I, I think I've said enough, you yeah. know, um, uh, I would just like to put out there that if you're, you're struggling and you, and you think you might have a problem with drugs or alcohol, there, there's a way out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and all I would say is just give yourself a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we don't need anybody else to die from this. Yeah. We don't. And, um, yeah, we've lost lots. We've lost a lot, yeah. you know, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm available to anybody at any given time. If they want to talk, you can call me. My number is 403-801-9213. And, uh, if you need help, just give me a call. I'll be happy to listen. Right on. Yeah. Thank you, man. My and pleasure. if you need paint or renovations done, you yeah, can call his yeah, number too. Call two. that same number if you need your house painted. <laughs> right on, man. Well, I appreciate yeah. you, Clay. Thank you so much. Uh, my pleasure, Dave. Right on, Thanks dude. for having me on. It's been, dude, a, been a blast. Yeah, it's no-brainer, man. Like, no-brainer at all. So thank you very much. All right. God bless. Cool. God bless you. We would like to remind you that the opinions shared are those of the individuals and not representative of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other affiliation we may share with organizations or individuals. 
Thank you, Wild Rose United Church, for your open-hearted giving to the community at large in a multitude of ways. You have graciously provided space and love for us to work within, and we cannot thank the staff, volunteers, and members of the church enough for all that they do each and every day. Thank you again, Darcy Robinson. As usual, your work is incredible. Thanks for donating it to us. I am not here without each of our board of directors, Trent Baker, Todd Deer, Christine Pimiskern, Heather Morijo, Wayne Lurie, and John James. To all of the individuals who graciously donate their money and time to helping Freedom's Path become a society and now a charity, thank you. Who is Freedom's Path? We work directly with individuals and families struggling and suffering from, with addiction of all types, mental illness, codependency, and a multitude of difficulties humans bring forward as they attempt to make life-altering changes. If you are interested in attending our upcoming or future groups, being a guest on the podcast, or looking to make a donation or help in some other way, please contact us through our website, www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca, or find us on Facebook at Freedoms Path Recovery Society. If you are close to giving up, regardless of what your difficulty might be, please reach out to someone. You can always give up tomorrow, or maybe you won't have to. To anyone listening, imagine that your voice might be the only one someone hears inside their darkness. What is it you would like to say? As for me, I'm David Lurie, and I wish you all the best, wherever you are. Be safe and try to have some fun, because our time here is quite limited after all.